Hi there, and welcome to Pod Rocket. I'm your host, Paul, and today we have Jared Palmer with us. So Jared is the founder of Turbo Repo and a team lead at Vercel. Welcome to the show, Jared. Hey there. How's it going? Happy to be here. Awesome. We're happy to have you on. Today, we're going to be talking about Turbo Repo, the thing you made, and we're going to be talking in general about mono repos and you know some of the workspace management and hygiene that you know we may practice as developers when we're building applications. So you you found a turbo repo, created it. When did that happen? How long ago? How how long has it been? Um I guess it's been about a year and a half or so, maybe maybe a little bit longer than that. Um I was working on another project at the time uh and was really frustrated by how long it was taking to deploy uh this application that I was building or several applications that I was building on a project. And on top of that, I had a, an open source project called TSDX, which is kind of like the create react app, but of, instead of it being for like an application, it's for a TypeScript package. So if you've got a TypeScript NPM package that you want, uh, if you were to do like TSDX create, it would generate this, um, best practices, um, boilerplate slash CLI to do build and test and lint. And there's a GitHub issue raised to have TSDX for monorepos. And these two sort of forces combined into what ultimately became Turbo. And um, yeah, it's been really, really fun ever since. So Turbo repos, some tools, some CLI sort of, you know, set of packages to create, support, manage, Mono repos. Is there anything sure. we would tack onto that to? Yeah, so I'd say that Turbo Repo is a, uh, a mono repo build system and orchestrator. The genesis of this was I was very frustrated, as I mentioned, with my deploy times, and I looked and I, I was working on a bunch of Lerna projects. Lerna is another one of these tools, and what I realized was that um, this was the root of the issue. In order to re- reduce my deployment times, the actually, it wasn't about making things necessarily faster, just making them smarter. And so instead of always, let's say, rebuilding the entire code base or always redeploying something on every single change, uh, the idea of Turbo is to do things more incrementally and only do what's necessary. And I got there by, uh, at first looking at, well, hmm, can I like kind of merge TSDX and Learner together? And I was reading Learner source code and realized that huh, this may not be the most efficient way of doing this. I wonder how this actually gets done by the, by like in the, I don't know, at, at the biggest companies in the world. Like what are they using? Um, I did some research. I went down this rabbit hole of build systems and learned that the way that Google and Facebook build, test, and deploy their code is vastly different from the way we normally do it in the front end ecosystem. And a lot of the techniques that they are, they've pioneered and been using just haven't made their way um, to the mainstream yet. And so Turbo is an attempt to take a lot of the best practices and ideas of some of these more sophisticated build systems and bring them to the masses. Uh, and in that, in that sense, it uh, does three things that are crucially important. It does caching so it can remember what it's done before. It can do scheduling, so you can orchestrate um, the tasks you run in the order in which they run explicitly. 
Um, and it can do incremental execution. So it can under look at your Git history and figure out actually what's changed and what's impacted. So these like three things together can reduce build times by roughly 50 to 85% with really, really with in turbo situation, uh, a very, 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 very limited amount of configuration. So, I mean, I first came into this podcast presenting turbo repos from a mono repo sort of use case scenario and, and example here. But realistically, like turbo repo is taking best practices about how to arbitrarily build these sorts of projects and improving it from all fronts. It doesn't necessarily have to be monstrous mono repo to see improvements and, and yield those benefits. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we do have some constraints on, so right now turbo works with yarn workspaces, PMPM workspaces and NPM workspaces. Uh, it doesn't actually install packages. It's just orchestrating your tasks and your package.json scripts far more efficiently than you probably are, are used to. And this is very powerful because it means it's almost compatible. It's compatible with a vast number of existing code bases. And so it's very easy to incrementally adopt Turbo Repo. It's actually a design goal um, versus other sophisticated build systems like Google's and Facebook's, by the way, which are both open source projects. Uh, Google's is called, uh, uh, sorry, Bazel, and Facebook's is called Buck. And these build systems are great, especially if you're doing like C++ or Golang or Java or uh, Rust or Python. They're, they're great for these, these compiled languages, but they're not as awesome for, for JavaScript and TypeScript. Um, Why is that? Uh, it has to do trip? with just like the, some of the quirks in the NPM ecosystem. And on top of that, I'll say just age so uh, and complexity. So JavaScript is a compiled language. I'll say compiled, but like transpiled, whatever you want to call it, is relatively new, right? It's only a couple of years old. That being said, um, the other thing is that these tools use a config language called uh, Skylark, which is a subset, a restricted subset of Python. And so the average JavaScript developer doesn't really know Python or may maybe doesn't really know Python. And so the idea of like configuring what are called build rules, which are like these presets for these different build systems in Python, and then also having JavaScript and also having TypeScript and also having, you know, your meta framework or whatever this is, you're just like adding layers and layers of complexity. And it's just too much in my opinion. And I've talked to hundreds of companies and even the companies that have went down the Bazel path, um, they don't, they're not, they're not necessarily happy with it. On top of that, these systems um, make constraints um, on your code base. The biggest one is what is known as like uh, hermeticity, and that is to make sure that builds are reproducible. Uh, and they force you to create a they they have a sandbox, and so you must declare like all of your native dependencies, and you must sort of change and alter your code base in a way that just doesn't jive with the way that most teams work in the front end and full stack space. Um, and so. These, this combination of like a little bit extra complexity or a lot of extra complexity, and then also the hermeticity constraint and sandboxing constraints just make it like kind of hard to work with. Um, that being said, Bazel is used by very large companies like Etsy and Uber and some of the, the biggest you know tier one tech companies. The goal of Turbo is to take a lot of the Bazel ideas and the Buck ideas and like reimagine them to be as close to zero config as possible and be as compatible with as many front end code bases and full stack code bases as possible. Right, because I was going to ask, like these build systems, even though they might be great and they really bring you to whatever destination you might want to go eventually, there there's a certain opportunity cost about actually following one of those paradigms or implementing one of those build systems. And it sounds like Turbo is really made for everybody. 
it's yeah. made for anybody wanting to improve upon the way they do it. So it, yeah. So would you yeah, you would say it takes those, it makes it zero config and it says, listen, that that time sync, it, it's gone. You should check this out no matter what, just for your own sake and organization. Yeah. Gotcha. So even if even if it's not like so even if Turbo isn't gonna necessarily cut your build times because of the way that your code base is set up, it's not a guarantee, but it's it's often it will. Mm -hmm. Um you're still benefit from its orchestration layer and the way it can run tasks and, and, and collapse waterfalls. So instead of something like Yarn workspaces or PMPM workspaces out of the box, when you run like Yarn workspaces run um, something, it's going to run that in dependency first order. Um, and which could be a pain. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you have to, right? But there's, but there are actually ways, if you're going to run two commands and you know you're going to run two commands back to back, like you're going to run test and or build and then test or something like that, right? Um, you're actually kind of wasting some idle CPU time because uh, knowing the dependency graph and knowing you're going to run two commands, you can start testing when it, the dependencies have been built and continue building at the same time. So what Turbo can do is actually run multiple commands at the same time and sort of collapse these waterfalls, which reduces um, idle CPU time. And that is a small is a material, but uh, useful boost in overall build time. So it runs this stuff at maximum concurrency. Um, on top of that, where Turbo will improve upon just your base workspace is Turbo does caching. And so if Turbo has run a task before, and by say task, I mean a package.json script, Turbo can actually remember the outputs of that command. And the way that works is it looks at your source code, it statically analyzes it, it looks at your dependency graph, it statically analyzes that, and it creates a fingerprint of the state of the code base. And then it records the logs and it then records the outputs that you've specified for that task. And then it keeps it in its cache. And whenever it runs a task, it actually checks the cache locally to disk first, and it will look for that fingerprint. And if that fingerprint exists, it actually doesn't even rerun the command because it knows it's done it before. So what it does is it takes it, the outputs of that whether those be like CSS or JavaScript, or whatever the outputted files were and the logs, and it moves the outputted files back into the correct position and replays the logs instantaneously. And it does it in a matter of milliseconds. Um, and so you can dramatically reduce uh, your build time or test time, check time, whatever the tasks are you're running uh, through this technique. And even cooler than that is this cache doesn't just live on your own machine. It can actually be shared across your entire team and your CI through a technique that Turbo calls remote caching. So you could really use this to speed up your local development as well, because I know I'm always hammering make test and all that. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so make is cool. Make works. Make was a, is actually a great build system. It it's works a little differently than Turbo. Um, make looks at the modification time of the specified input files. And if the mod time of the file or folder um, is the same, it doesn't do anything, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. So it's called the, that's like a, that. it's called the dirty bit technique and it works really well. The problem with make is that it doesn't have a memory. So you can do that once and it just checks if it's done it before and then it can skip. Mm -hmm. But if you do something, make a change, do something again, make a change and you like Apple Z twice, right? You don't, it'll build it again, uh, because it's just looking at the mod time. It doesn't, it's not smarter than that with turbo its memory is unbounded. It can remember everything it's ever done, especially if you connect it to a remote cache. It's almost like a Dropbox for its its its, its cache. 
Um, and so if you hit Apple Z, Turbo will still be instantaneous. Um, and that's really, really useful because when you talk about sharing uh, and cutting down build times across machines, whether that be CI or your other teammates, uh, you go into a multiplayer mode, which is far better than single player mode, if that makes sense. Faster, faster with friends, as we like to say at Turbo. Could this reasonably also say improve my build time on a Git action if I had a remote cache and I point it there, I'm like, all right, just spend 10th of the time building it because it's a only 10% build like yeah, changed, right? Exa exactly. That's, that's exactly, exactly it. So it could be in, yeah, it could be GitHub actions, could be it, you know, on Vercel, it could be on AWS, it could be wherever, it could be in a Docker container. Uh, and as you know, like Docker doesn't have, you can't like, you're not going to boot this cache to the uh, volume there. So exactly. having a remote cache just can just use the la parts of the last Docker build that you can in the current Docker build uh, for a given application. So um, it's, a, it's a very powerful technique um, and Turbo Repo makes it zero config. Now, is this what we would refer to as incremental builds as we have pieces that are built, remembered, and then recalled upon? Yeah, the term incremental builds, I, I think is a little bit, it can sort of mean two things. It can either mean this type of caching or it could also mean, because you're only going to execute the work that hasn't been done before, or it could also mean that you're looking at the Git history and you're only going to strictly look at the packages or applications that uh, are impacted by a change. Um, so they're sort of like, build what matters and only ever, and, and never recompute work. Those are the two concepts, right? So there's, a, there's sort of, like when you say incremental, you're like, are you talking about build what matters? Or are you talking about never, uh, never recompute work? They're sort of both related, and they're both necessary uh, to hit that peak peak performance. So you, you mentioned, you know, Turbo Repo. It's not just a, a mono repo save all. It's not Lerna. What do you like besides there being all these additional features? Do you think that Turbo Repo could replace? what Lerna is for many teams um, in terms of repo management and 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 how do they differ on, on that front, on the repo sure, management? Sure. So Lerna is a, um, Lerna is what was probably the first workspace manager. In fact, it influenced the design of the workspaces that you now see in a lot of the package managers. Um, and Lerna was great um, for, 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 for a large amount of time. It didn't have caching. Um, until very, very, maybe recently, I don't know, like some beta, maybe I think I've seen some caching stuff done, but, um, Lerna doesn't have caching at the moment, um, in its stable branch. And then, uh, so when you make a change in a Lerna repository and you run Lerna run build, it's just going to build everything. It doesn't understand like what it's done before. Next, um, Lerna, however, has other features that Turbo doesn't have. So Lerna can do publishing. So Lerna is oftentimes seen in like um, a design system or like a you know framework to do uh, into additionally like version bump and publish packages to npm. Now Turbo could do this if we wanted to enter the space and and, and make a solution for that, and we might. Uh, but for now we don't because there's actually a, a lot of other systems that can do publishing and versioning uh, of your if you need to even do versioning and publishing. And I say that because. In certain types of monorepos, you don't even need versions for things. Um, if you are building a bunch of apps and you have a shared, some shared packages with these applications and it's kind of self-contained, you don't need versions. You should just keep, you know, your, your Git hash is your version, if that makes sense. 
Um, everything is atomic and at, at latest. If you are publishing stuff to NPM, then yeah, you need version control, you need version bumping. Sorry, not version control. You need, you need version management. And the reason that I didn't build this into Turbo is because I actually like an existing solution so much and the Turbo is fully compatible with it that it wasn't even worth building. So the solution that I really like is called is from Atlassian. It's called Change Sets. And it's a wonderful versioning tool. Uh, and as an OSS maintainer myself, I've used it on multiple projects and Turbo is com fully compatible with it. So you can completely re replace Lerna with, with um, Turbo and uh, Change Sets. And I argue it's a, I think it's a better workflow because it's actually fully automated. Um, Change Sets has a GitHub action and also a GitHub bot that will automatically set up PRs for you um, and generate change logs um, for you and then even publish to NPM for you on merge. So you don't, there's no like, it's a, it's, it's like designed to be 100% automated. So I really like, I've been sort of leaning towards folks to, to do that. Um, we might add it to Turbo, but for now we're not. You can also still keep Learner around by the way and add Turbo to um, your Learner monorepo and keep both and use Learner for publishing and maybe some tasks. And again, Turbo is designed to be incrementally adopted. So you can add it to your learn a monorepo and start moving stuff to Turbo, you know, task by task. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, keeping learn around for publishing if you want to, if you need, if you need to publish uh, and use Turbo for task for like orchestration and task running. Hey, this is Emily, one of the producers for PodRocket. I'm so glad you're enjoying this episode. You probably hear this from lots of other podcasts, but we really do appreciate our listeners. Without you, there would be no podcasts. And because of that, it would really help if you could follow us on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to bring you conversations with great devs like Evan Yu and Rich Harris. In return, we'll send you some awesome PodRocket stickers. So check out the show notes on this episode and follow the link to claim your stickers as a small thanks for following us on Apple Podcasts. All right, back to the show. When you talked about moving things from Lerna over to Turbo, what is like the smallest possible way? Like, let's say I have an existing project and I wanted to start to introduce the Turbo Repo paradigm into my workflow. What's the smallest first step I can take to start doing that? Yeah. So, or you, would you say just make a make a new one? <laughs> no, 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 no. Keep, keep keep your same setup. So, what you'd want to do is look for those uh, um, uses of like learn or run. Pick one of them. Let's say it's Lint. And let's say you have like a learner run lint or you have, maybe lint's not the best because sometimes lint is running a pre-commit hook, but let's pretend that it's like um, test, right? Learner run test. So what you would do is you create a turbo.json file and you add a key for your pipeline and your pipeline defines something that's nuanced to turbo that is extends uh, learner's functionality or goes beyond what learner can do. Uh, and you define a lint key and you define that the task has maybe no dependencies um, and it would not have any outputs just to logs. And when I say by dependencies, what a pipeline is, is it's actually a declaration of the relationships between your package.json scripts. So that's actually like a new dimension. It's not, so Turbo can look at the dependency graph, like what's in the dependencies and dev dependencies in package.json, but then it actually augment or adds another like dimension to your monorepo, uh, that is the relationship between your package.json scripts. And you define, you define these by convention, if that makes sense. So you can say lint, uh, a package's lint command, I'm just making this up, depends on, uh, makes uh, maybe like 
depends on its prepare command, or you could say a package's test command depends on its dependencies build commands being done first, which is uh, often the case, right? You want to make sure you only run a test if its dependencies are built because it maybe it uses those dependencies and tests. Um, you, conversely, you could say something like a package's test command depends on its dependencies being built and its own build command being first built, uh, being first completed. So maybe you want to test the built version of something and you can express that rather, rather easily. The other use case of a pipeline is to define the outputs of a given task by convention. Um, and you use that with blobs. So for, let's just take a, a Next.js app, for example, you've got a Next.js app and maybe you've got like TypeScript package as well. You could say that, okay, my build commands depend on their dependencies, build commands completing, and they're going to either generate outputs to a .next folder or like a dist folder. And you can just say that. And now Turbo has complete information about um, running commands in the correct order and potentially running multiple commands at the same time. So um and cr and crossing those boundaries so instead of what learner will do which is, or pmpm or yarn or npm will do which is run stuff just in dependency first order now turbo can actually uh, do better than that because it understands the relationship between these tasks so if you want to if build depends on or if test depends on build and you say turbo run test it will know what to build minute like what's necessary if that makes sense so back to your first question let's add like how do we add turbo to an existing learn learner project um, if we were to choose like lint, we'd say, okay, our pipeline, we have a lint, we have a lint command and all, and, and, and most of our packages, uh, there's no file system outputs to a lint command, right? Just going to print to the console and it, maybe it doesn't depend on anything because you can run ES lint at any time. Um, and that's it. Now you're in turbo run lint and you're good. Um, and maybe replace wherever you had, um, Lerna run lint, um, and same, same go through like, and then, and then you, and then you're good. You've added, you've adopted turbo for your lint command, <laughs> right? Um, and, and that's yeah. it. Um, so I think that would be like three lines of code, um, four lines of code. Um, and so now what's funny about your lint command is I know there's a team that, um, a team of 10 on Vercel that saved over 67 days of TypeScript type checking and ESLint checking, uh, in the month of March. So that's days times 24 hours that's worth like, of CPU yeah. computation. Correct. Correct. Not cheap. <laughs> Not, well, no, it's saving trees yeah. as well, right? We're uh, <laughs> reducing emission uh, CO two and and also like saving sa saving energy, right? But yes, like that saves just raw compute time. And right. uh, so with you know three lines of code, four lines of code, they they save like 20, 67 days of compute time. So you know that's what we're talking about when I say like um, offering the maximum value for like the most minimum amount of work. Um, and uh, that actually was, they actually had to learn a monorepo. So this is exactly the, the situation that we just described. That's a wild saving. <laughs> That's a night and day type of thing. Yeah. So like, what about this parallel execution thing that's going on? Like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you orchestrate it? How do you know how much room you have or what technologies do you use to carry out this faster parallelized way of managing things. Sure. So a lot of it goes into the graph analysis and looking at that pipeline definition and then fanning that out, uh, given the dependency graph. So there's, there's two graphs that we think about internally in, 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 this is in turbo internals, the end user doesn't care about this or need to think about it, but there's two graphs. So first we look at the dependency graph and we look at, we read all the package.json's, we look at the internal dependencies and the external dependencies and we make a graph. And what I mean by graph is not like, you know, an X, Y, like, you know, 
uh, like not like grid paper. I mean like social network type of graph, like with edges and, and, and nodes. Um, and we create this graph and it's directed and it's actually acyclic, which means that there's no like cycles. So if you were to draw uh, arrows between all the points, there'd be no circles, there'd be no loops. So that's called a directed acyclic graph. And this is a very well, well understood like space in mathematics. Uh, and there are a lot of tools to um, create these graphs and traverse these graphs. And Turbo um, has its own uh, graph construction and then traversal system. And Turbo's graph, that's like, so it creates this, what we call the topological graph, which is a dependency graph. And then we also take the um, uh, pipeline definition, which again, describes the relationship between your package.json scripts very concisely. Uh, and then we take the, that, the dependency graph, and then we take this pipeline definition, and we create a new graph, which we call the task graph or pipeline. And that graph is, contains all of the package.json scripts and each one of this, their dependencies on other scripts. So it's more involved than just like going to every package and running build, right? Build maybe depend on test or whatever you've described in your pipeline. We now construct this final task graph. Then we um, will make sure it's like sorted topologically, right? dependency first order, and then we walk, we walk it. Um, and we do that uh, asynchronously. It's uh, Turbo's written in Golang, and uh, we use Go routines to to walk at maximum parallelism. Um, and uh, it's very similar to Terraform's like traversal of its graph. If you're familiar with that tool, yes, I mean I used to use a good amount of Terraform. Was yeah better the worst the focus of what I did for a while. Um, so ter does Terraform also run on Go? Underneath, I yeah, yeah, Terraform's running Go as well. Yeah, so it's it's gotcha. DAG library is similar to Turbo's DAG library. Uh, there's some slight modifications because, mm -hmm. but it's very, they're very similar. Gotcha. So we run on GoLang underneath. Use Go routines. I mean, those are pretty magical. You got to yeah, love how easy they are to kind of wrap your head around and not mess up. As long as you do a few things, but you know, compared yeah. to other asyncs, those are e easier to work with. So now you're at Vercel. You've been acquired by Vercel. Can you tell us a little bit about little a little bit about that? Because um, you know, what was Vercel's motivation uh, for really getting involved in Turbo Repo? Did, did, did does Vercel like want to play with the other, you know, big tech uh, players out there and say like, well, we have a really good build system that like, you know, we're working on with the lead developer, or was it more of like an internal marrying of projects that's going on? That's a good question. Um, so the way it went down was I was gonna, so Turbo Repo was closed source um, at first. Um, and we were offering the, the command line interface. You could do download from NPM, but the command line interface, um, but it was closed source and uh, a remote cache service that would be zero config. So instead of you having basically like that Dropbox I was mentioning earlier, so you can share your build cache with your, with your friends and teammates and CI. Um, and we had you know some grand plans to build some awesome stuff. And I was going to raise a seed round from some venture capitalists. And Guillermo, the CEO of Vercel, uh, has been a mentor of mine for many years. And he was going to be an angel investor in Turbo Repo, the company. Uh, as, as, it, as it came down to finally like close that, that, that round, um, you know, Guillermo and I had a conversation. He was like, why don't you come build it at Vercel? And you know, after some rounds of negotiation, um, we worked it out. And then uh, Vercel acquired Turbo, and then we incubated it and integrated it into Vercel. 
Uh, and now Vercel has a remote cache uh, that it offers and it's in beta right now, but it's going to be generally available on June 1st. And it is the default now for Turbo. So if you run, if you enable remote caching, which you don't have to enable, just as an aside, uh, but if you do enable it, Vercel is the default remote cache provider. You can log on with your Vercel account and boom, all of a sudden you have this Dropbox-like system for your, for, for your, for, for, for your Turbo repo code base. Um, and then Turbo Repo internally at Vercel is we, we use it on a lot of projects. Um, it powers a lot of our mono repos in Vercel, and we're actually probably going to be investing further in Turbo in the sense internally by Berkshire moving to a larger mono repo, all in the backbone of Turbo, uh, powering that um, system. Um, and then since then, um, sort of like Vercel's vision with Turbo is that. So Vercel is all about making the web faster, right? Um, and that's one component of it. And Next.js and Svelte and all of the technologies and the, the platform itself, it's open source, it's, it's, it's platform are all about doing that. Um, part of that journey, making the web faster is deployment and build. And so Turbo is, we like to joke, it's about making ship happen. Like how do we enhance developer velocity? And Germo and I agree that when you enhance developer velocity, you enhance creativity and productivity and wonderful things happen and developers make better products. And so Turbo thus aligns like really nicely into the Vercel ecosystem where Next.js or SvelteKit may be the best way of building a website and Turbo Repo ideally is the best way to build a code base. And so it's just two sides of the same, it's just two different um, aspects of the same end goal, which is you know offer the ultimate developer experience. Do you think that anybody starting a Next.js project with create, um next app npx create next app should immediately look at turbo repo i think it depends on the project uh, a lot of solo developers actually do now start their projects mono repo first if that makes sense because they know that they may have multiple applications they know that they may have maybe an ios app or you know an expo app or react native app they know that they may have uh they may want to separate their like I don't know, their docs from their blog, from their main application. And Next.js is great at that already, by the way. Like if you use Vercel, it's very easy to like proxy these things back and forth. Um, but at the same time, you know, maybe you have a CLI as well. Like you've got different stuff. So some some, some solo devs go Monorepo first. Personally, I do that um, on, on almost all my projects now. But if you can stay in a single Next.js app for, you know, and build your whole application as one Next.js app and you don't need to, you know, have a monorepo, that's awesome. Like I don't, I don't, I'm not suggesting the complexity if it makes sense. Um, but if you do need to, you know, if you are working on, you know, either you want to get ahead of this or you want to work this way from the beginning and you know, think that you're going to need this type of um, multi uh, application, multi-target um, code base, uh, there's no better way to start than just like create turbo, MPX create turbo and go. And it gives you two Next.js apps, by the way, out, by the, out, of, out of the box and a shared UI kit. So oh, you get started in best practices okay. anyways. Yeah. Our magic command here is NPX create turbo. Create dash turbo. Yeah. Create dash turbo. All right, everybody, you heard it. NPX create dash turbo. That's the new thing to do. So what do you what's next? Like, is there anything you're looking at from your chair and thinking, wow, that's that's a good win? Yeah. So we're uh, we're always working on performance. We're really Turbo was initially designed for CI CD environments, and now we're actually refocusing our efforts on local development too. So we're working on a background daemon, and this background daemon will sort of boot up 
when you install turbo locally and it'll sit in the background and you know shut itself down you don't have to worry about it consuming resources but what its job is is to look at the code base and do all the work that turbo is already doing but instead of doing it when you run turbo thing turbo whatever run build it's going to run it ahead of time or do as much as it can do ahead of time so that the next time you run turbo as much work has already been done before it's even it's even faster um and then also it'll be responsible for managing your cache uh asynchronously so instead of waiting to upload stuff to your remote cache um, because we have this other process the main turbo cli can just be like oh yeah we're going to go cache these things when you have a, when you ha when you have a moment but we're going to stop where we're doing when you have a moment here's go stuff to go 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 upload that stuff and download that stuff to cache um, and so there's just like some cache management stuff that we'll be working on that again it'll just make local development even faster because you're not blocking um, it won't have massive changes to the C you're ultimately if you're just using turbo and ci or, or like it's not going to make a huge difference, but it will make that local development experience a lot, a lot cleaner. Uh, we're also working on presets, uh, which will be like, um, instead of having to manually configure everything uh, for like Next.js or, or, or TypeScript, and we're just going to have sort of pre-made pre presets that'll be installable and runnable so that you just have to do even less configuration and you'll be able to write your own as well. So those are the things that will probably come out this summer um, or by probably maybe by the time this podcast gets published, they'll be out. Some of them will be. Um, but yeah, it's, that's what we're working on in the near term. One thing that I just love about Vercel in general, and it's, I mean, it sounds like your, your branch right here, Turbo Repo is really embodying these values is like there being a way to really quickly and automatically get going, but you can always drill down and affect these custom parameters They're, they just have a very good way of d determining this balance for developers at least i found using their tools it's like really easy to get up and going you realize benefits right away um it sounds like yeah turbo is like immediately immediately the same thing i can really download it and get going and these performance improvements you're talking about like the daemon we won't even know about it. It'll just be going. And then I'll yeah, you won't even know about it. It'll just happen in the background. It'll be all it'll of a sudden. Just be, so yeah, it'll just be even faster. So, you know, that's our philosophy at Vercel is to give you good defaults, but give you also great escape hatches. And escape hatch. That's a good word. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you need the escape hatches. And, um, you know, you definitely, there doesn't mean you can't, you know, shoot yourself in the foot. <laughs> um, but ideally, the the happiest path is, is good and like useful, right? Um, the kind of the, I mean, I think next is really good at this where like, I think internally the team would like to never see next.config.js. Like that shouldn't exist. Like it's almost like a, a smell when it happens. Like not, 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 it's not, it's not it, by the way, it's not, but like it kind of is, it means that our defaults are like, not right. Um, right. If we, if that was like a repeated thing to see, um, I shouldn't say next.config. I would say like the like modify webpack stuff in, in next.config. You need rewrites and, and stuff and redirects and all these other things. Obviously, like you need that and like M's and stuff like that. But I'm talking about like when you augment the internal config of next, like that's kind of a smell. That means that like you're you've you've moved. So same thing with turbo. Like we want to give you the best practices by default. We want to give you a toy. It's not a toy, but like a kind of like a toy with the battery pack included, like when you were a kid. Um, we want to make sure the battery pack is included so you can use the thing immediately. Um, versus, you know, other frameworks or, or technologies that are like maybe fully plugin or oriented and you need to like install this, some seven or eight plugins to just like do it what you want to do. And you need to remember which seven of those were, and maybe, and then every single version of it kind of is different and you can't really share code because they all have different plugins. Like that's not great. 
Um, so our, that's, we're sort of against that oversell. So we want to get, make sure that we give you out of the box, best practices, whatever, you know, with quotes, but best practices and what we determine that. And, and then also give you an incremental adoption path and migration path, um, to newer and better features. Like for example, turbos daemon, right. That's just going to happen. It's just going to happen one day and you're not going to care or know about it, except that turbos can get way faster. And it'll be really exciting for folks. When that happens, it's like, yeah. wow, my computer just got upgraded. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, Jared, we're running up on time here. Uh, but as we wrap up, do you have any uh, resources that you'd like to point people to? Like, what, what's the Turbo uh, so TurboRepo.org. TurboRepo.org. Does that, does that have a slash between Turbo and Repo, or is it one no, word? It's all one word. One word, okay. Turbo Repo, uh, like Mono Repo, but with Turbo. Gotcha. And any other uh, shout outs or or other links that you'd like to direct people? Yeah, I mean, at, we're at TurboRepo on Twitter, uh, Vercel.com. Um, Vercel is a hosting provider. It's the best way to host uh, full stack and front end web applications, uh, whether it be Next.js, Svelte, Gatsby, Remix, Create React app. Vercel is likely the, the platform for you. Uh, it's got a Git like workflow where you make a change and can automatically see the uh, a preview of, of your change on, on a branch. Um, in a matter of seconds, usually, or, uh, however long it takes you to build, hopefully in the case of you're using turbo, like seconds, uh, um, and it's a, it's a wonderfully collaborative, uh, and amazing platform for, um, developers. So if you're thinking about, um, moving to, uh, or, or looking at alternative, uh, providers, uh, to let's say your, your, your bare bones, AWS setup, uh, I would say that you should have a look at Vercel that really is the ultimate developer experience. Um. And then Turbo Repo is a nice complement to that. If you're looking to build an awesome code base that's super fast, uh, Turbo Repo is probably the right place to get started. Awesome. Well, hopefully some people will get you know notified about this who have never heard of Turbo Repo. And for anybody who that hasn't checked out Vercel's hosting services, definitely you know if you're looking for an easy way to make mom's website or even a bigger one, like I oh can big per- websites too though oh yeah even a big one I can personally attest <laughs> it's it's a good experience and definitely yeah check it out yeah cool well thank you for coming on the podcast Jared and hopefully we'll see you around sometime in the future to learn about the updates and what has happened since Thanks. now for Turbo Repo. Thanks so much. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Jared Palmer everywhere um, and uh, at Turbo Repo and at Purcell uh, if you're interested in following along. But thanks again. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for listening to PodRocket. You can find us at PodRocketPod on Twitter. And don't forget to subscribe rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks.